During the last few years, we've ventured into a lot of different fields. And we've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. everyone welcome to the walt daily this is episode 72 and if you don't know us by now we're a disney couple one of us is a disney fanatic and one of us is disney challenged but somehow we've made a way to make this relationship work yeah and we're here now what's up married yes that is true because we weren't married when we started this no but we were married as of our last episode yes but anyway are we celebrating our two-month anniversary where we just did like a week ago yeah i think so I don't really know. You don't really know? Oh. <laughs> what a way to get the I don't the know how long we've been married. Started. It feels like it's been years. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's funny. Yeah. Want to do headlines? Yes. Okay. Let's do headlines. Okay. So my first headline is like, I would call it Disney feel-good news. Disneyland has announced that they are going to be offering a child care assistance program for cast members. Oh, that's pretty cool. So cast members with kids that are 12 and younger are going to be able to access quality health or healthcare, quality child care that is affordable and it's going to be or the CEO mentioned that it was going to be a representation of how they want to help their cast members grow and the program is going to have 10 million dollars put into it yearly. So it's pretty cool. But it's not free. They'll still have to pay for it technically. That I don't know. I don't know all the details, um, but I do know that it is going to be Affordable. I don't know if it's going to be based on how much income you have, like maybe that kind of a structure, um, or if it's just going to be a flat rate, or if it's just going to depend on the age of the child. I don't know all those details. I won't. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if even I have access to all those details. I mean, now I have all these all these ideas of what you could do. Like I, because to me it should have been like if you work at Disney, you have a kid that you'd be able to bring your kid, and it's like you put them in camp, and mm-hmm. it's like you just put them in a group with other kids and you just walk around Disney. So I mean, you're at your your kids at Disney, like, and then just let it do whatever it wants. But I think the point of like childcare is also to be somewhat educational. So maybe those educational experiences aren't always involved in being at the park, and they want to do other things like ABCs. Yeah, but you can do that at the park. A is for Alice. You have all the you have all the space and stuff. I don't know. That's what I would do. Yeah. And then you just groom more Disney people. Basically, like, <laughs> so it's really what you landed on is is a, tra- a trap. You basically to, to to bring more people to Disney. Yeah, bring up. Bring I mean, it would be the Disney. smart thing to do. It's like you. It's like you're you have your succession plans in place. Yeah. Okay. The succession plans. <laughs> the future cast members exactly. are being groomed. Well, now you're just making it sound like child labor. No, but like it's you're not making them work, but you're just making them fall in love, basically. Yeah. Okay. So. That's well, what I would do if I was running the show. I feel like if it's going to be childcare that's run by Disney, then there probably are going to be a lot of Disney-type elements, maybe, involved that yeah. don't maybe 
bring people to the parks, that bring the kids to the parks. Yeah. Because at the same time, you know, if... I don't know how I would feel if I had a child who was going to be, instead of being kind of in a, a, a closed space area where it's just access to, you know, the playground outside, the classrooms in here, the, you know, the lunchrooms over here, or whatever it may be, if they're brought into this place that's hot, crowded, mm-hmm. and, you know, technically being, my child is being wrangled by somebody I don't really know. Okay. But maybe I trust. All right, well, that took a turn. Well, because, yeah, <laughs> anyways, let's move on. Okay. Okay, next headline. I have some Toy Story updates. So Toy Story 4 coming to theaters June 21st. Now, on show or on display at Magic Kingdom or I guess Walt Disney World, the monorail yellow has a Toy Story wrap. So monorail yellow is going to be traveling around and you're going to be able to see Toy Story characters in the windows and it's going to be a great way to get in the spirit of Toy Story. Nice. Another thing, Google Street View, the, the, are you, are you familiar with Google Street View? I know, I know what that is. Okay. Can you describe it? Cause I'm trying to figure out a way to describe it and I don't think I will be as eloquent as you. Well, it's, it's like Google Maps, but you can see basically like satellite images um or actually well it's technically not satellite i think they have cars with cameras that drive and map and take pictures and and video of like the streets so when you go in your app and you navigate to a certain street you can see what it actually looks like like on ground level from a human point of view yeah well Google Street View has taken to Hollywood Studios Toy Story Land and there's actually easter eggs so little fun gems that of of Pixar things in Google Street View. So you open the app like and then you navigate to where you're at and you look for those things. Yeah, so in one of them is a lady sitting on sitting on a bench and she's holding Miguel's guitar from Coco and she's like playing it. That's pretty cool. And another one is well, so you can I, only I don't do it ruin when it. you get there. Like when you get there, you open it up and you put like your location, and then you find it. No, you can do it from sitting right here at this table. Oh, okay. So why don't we do it? Well, I have it. I have it on. I have it up the post on Facebook. Okay. So go check it out. <laughs> if you don't want to find them all, they're already there. <laughs> okay. So yes, and. Cast of Toy Story did press things at Hollywood Studios as well. So Woody, Tom Hanks, Buzz Lightyear, Tim Allen, Keanu Reeves was there. It was very nice. You know what? The only reason why I'm bringing this up is because of something that I've always wondered when celebrities go to Disney. Do they sweat? Because whenever they're in pictures, it looks like they're not sweating. Well, it's because they have people that do their makeup and stuff like on tap. Well, okay. So that's probably right then. So they do. Yeah. Okay, just wondering. Next headline, last headline. Flavors of Florida is going to be coming to Disney Springs. So it's going to be all summer where t- over 20 restaurants at Disney Springs are going to be offered offering Florida ingredients and Florida-inspired um, flavors for the summertime. So this could be dishes, it could be drinks, including a new cookie sandwich that's available at Wine Bar George called the Froscato Cookie Sandwich. And it's it's a Moscato and vodka-infused pineapple soft serve in between two sugar cookies. Mm. So that's just a, a preview of all the other goodies that you can find at Disney Springs this summer. 
Did you never talked about how you met that guy? Yeah, I know. It was super embarrassing. Wine Bar George, right? Yeah. His name. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's his name. Wine Bar George. Well, that's the restaurant. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the proprietor, he, we did meet him at at um, when we ate dinner there. When was it? Mm, February, I would say. Back in February, the dinner there was amazing, by the way. And he just so happened to be on premises, premises and we got to meet him. Mm-hmm. And I'm just very socially awkward, and I spazzed out because that's just what happens sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you had like a super thoughtful question for him, like like because we we asked if he was there, and then they brought him to our table. Like he literally came to our table to like say hello. And I think both as, but like we, we knew like we had like a 20 minute notice like that he was coming up to the table and like (laughs) they asked you or we just were just talking like, oh, what are you going to ask him when he comes up here? And I think you had like a super thoughtful question. And then like when he got there, I feel like that just went out the window and you asked something like. Like, what's your favorite color? Yeah. Something like that. Like, you did something stupid. I like, was like so, what? something along those lines. <laughs> Do you remember what you asked him? I think, well, my, my original question that I wanted to ask him was how was the master sommelier exam? And I didn't, like, I blacked out. Like, yeah. it was not even, it's like one of those moments where it's like, it's borderline traumatizing. And if I were to repeat the story, I'm sure everyone would get secondhand embarrassment for me. <laughs> so we're not going to really go into too much detail. Okay. Because I don't want to put that on everybody else, too. <laughs> Okay. I feel enough embarrassment as it is. <laughs> so, but anyways, let's move on. Okay. Let's go into what we're going to be talking about today. And I feel like it's a topic that's right up your alley. We're going to be talking about tech at Disney and really how technology has kind of changed the way that we experience the parks and things that like, so experiences in the parks and also our experience at the parks, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of want to go just into the little a little bit of background. The Disney has always been kind of on the front lines of technology. And I think one of the best examples is the Enchanted Tiki Room. So when Walt and his Imagineers were developing the birds for for the Enchanted Tiki Room, this audio animatronic technology had never been done before. It was really going to be kind of the first use of the technology and the first uh, exposure to the public of that technology. And so it was developed using mechanics and technology that was actually put into rockets. And what they created was really something that was going to be brand, brand new. And so much so that the public and guests didn't really understand what it was going to be. And so what Disney decided to do was so that people would understand what they're going to see in the tiki room. They would put one animatronic tiki bird outside describing what the experience was like. And it mesmerized guests so much that people were actually causing like pedestrian traffic jams, like looking at this audio animatronic because they were amazed at what they were seeing. So today, audio animatronic technology has just advanced so much that these these characters are so very lifelike and they've gone so much beyond what Walt Disney initially pioneered. And I think that just kind of that initial, initial pioneering and always kind of building on what's, how to make the technology better is just like a very, very quintessential Disney thing that you would, you would often see. Yeah. I see that. 
Okay. <laughs> have you been to, is there some uh, an audio animatronic that you can recall that maybe you've been stunned at how lifelike it is? I feel like that all only happened in Japan. Like the stuff that they had there was like, because it was newer. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, you know, they, the stuff there was like really real. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it looks like these are people talking to me and they're... They're robots. Yeah. I mean, and it's crazy because there's a video that has circulated online about a new Beauty and the Beast attraction that's coming to Tokyo Disney. And the audio animatronic of Belle looks so incredibly lifelike. She moves very fluid. And it's really, really interesting to see how these characters that are robots, they just move like they are you and I. Yeah. And they have that type of agility, I guess you could say. There's still that one ride in Magic Kingdom that I don't know if it's, a, I still don't know if there's a person in there or not. It's the, um, I think it's like the, 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 the uh, Timon and Pumbaa like float thing that comes out in one of those shows. Oh, so at Animal Kingdom. Yeah, Animal Kingdom. I so mean. in Festival of the Lion King at Animal Kingdom, if um, Pumbaa is didn't we hear that it was a puppet, not an audio, not an animatronic? I don't know. To my knowledge, the last of that, my most recent memory is being told that like there's somebody inside. That there is, it is a puppet, and that somebody is inside controlling those movements. Yeah, but you don't know this for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I wasn't prepared to to <laughs> tell the truth on that, but I, I do, if I do recall correctly, that it was a puppet. But you know what? Something that. I've always thought that the the audio animatronics at American Adventure in that show in Epcot where um, you have Mark Twain and Thomas Jefferson and they're talking to you and there's a whole bunch of historical characters that come through. I always find that those particular audio animatronics are so lifelike. Yeah. I don't really remember that ride, but... <laughs> I do think that the um, the carousel thing is pretty advanced. Carousel of Progress? Yeah. So when you see Carousel of Progress, <laughs> you think that, like, even being as close to them as they are, because the, when I was talking about uh, American Adventure, they're kind of on a stage, so it's a little bit difficult to get too close to see what their, if their facial expressions are very fine and, and things like that. But Carousel of Progress, for you, they look very lifelike? Not that they look very lifelike, but I just think for the age of that thing, I feel like it's... An advanced thing that they designed. Yeah, yeah. No, I, mean, I not agree. Now it's not obviously, mm-hmm. you know, crazy technology, but just to think about what the age of that thing is and how they designed that. Then I feel like that's like it was like probably groundbreaking when that kind of people first went in there. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Carousel of Progress is from Walt's time, so you think if it, de- I think it debuted in 1964, so literally what 55 years ago that that attraction has really been around and maybe it's yeah. had some improvements but like really it it is very innovative yeah for being as time or i want to say as old but it's really timeless but as as it's aged well we'll say yeah okay <laughs> so something that i do want to bring up is magic bands i think magic bands have really changed the way that we experience not just being in the park but the resort as a whole at, at, at Walt Disney World because it acts as your ticket, your room key. You can charge things on it. 
it it takes the place of a lot of different kind of um, moving parts so that you can have almost a less stressful, more um, streamlined experience overall being there. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on wearables like that? Well, I'm, I don't want to carry anything with me ever. So like I'm, <laughs> I, I still think, I mean, there's still like a lot of different ways for it to improve. Like I think it should be tied to my watch already. Yeah, that's something that I've always, that's the reason why I don't wear my magic band as often is because I would like, I don't want to have to wear my magic band and my watch. Yeah, that's rough, which sucks because I get that they, uh, Cause like I get that they, you know, there's a lot of merchandising behind that, which I, I don't know what the real reason that they're not connected to your watch at all. But I mean, I would even pay for the app, like just, a, just almost like if I had to pay for a band, I would pay for access to the app, even potentially subscribe to it to like still ha- have them be able to potentially recoup that money mm-hmm. from the, that they would lose out on the merchandise. But I would, I mean... For me to just show up to Disney and not have to worry about having my wallet and like everything else, like and just have it on my watch, that'd be amazing. Yeah, because especially with the wallet, it's kind of always a constant fear of mine that you know you you pay for something, you think you put something back into your like back into your wallet or your purse, but you actually didn't, and it's gone. But that having that type of access in your Magic Band or maybe potentially future in your watch, like with Apple Pay, which I guess you have on your watch anyways, and they do have Apple Pay. But anyways. But kind of eliminating that variable will make a more, um, a less stressful guest experience. Yeah. I mean, I'm not worried about losing it, like, especially because a lot of times like you put it in a bag, you know, cause like you don't want it to be in your pockets cause you're on rides and stuff. Mm-hmm. My thing is the time that it takes, like my to whole, get it all out. like to me the best, like, yeah, I'm not really worried about losing stuff. It's more about just the time that like things can flow efficiently if everything is done through my, um do my watch or, or band or whatever but for you to be able to just like show up to buy something and oh how much does it cost oh great okay let me pull out my either my cash or pull out my wallet and then mm-hmm. hand you my credit card or insert my credit card and then the chip like is it a chip or a swipe and then i have to ask you that <laughs> and then like you know then we have to have a conversation about like oh these chips things are terrible and then and then like <laughs> the whole conversation yeah and then so like you could skip all that stuff if everything was just off the band or your watch and you just scan it yeah the time that and then and then putting and then when you're done you put the stuff back in your wallet and then put your wallet back in your bag and inevitably there's somebody pocket. behind you and you're just got that like, like you have that pressure like oh i have to move the line's long yeah. move 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 now yeah yeah everything should be like there should be you, i feel like there should even be an incentive for you not to use cuz which there you know Using a credit card technically causes a, I mean, I guess there's always going to be some sort of transactional cost. I was going to say like, because a lot of times using your credit card, like you get charged per transaction, but even if it's tied to your watch, your band, there's still like a tie to your credit card. Technically. But, but I feel like there should be some incentive to like deposit money into some sort of account or a gift card and then it all be on your, and then like you get like a discount and then it all be on your on your band or watch. Because they would save on fees and then you wouldn't have to worry about like the time. Everything would be super efficient. Well, I'm wondering if there would be incentive to the credit card companies to not have to produce as much plastic. Mm. No? Taking it too far? That's a stretch. Okay. Well, <laughs> just thinking out loud here. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what's interesting? Particularly about Magic Bands, aside from the charging, um, having that capa- all the other capabilities that it does. But something that you can do with it is 
link it to it's obviously linked to your my disney experience account which is also linked to all the photo pass opportunities in the park so all of those on-ride photos for instance that is all linked to this band and you literally you have the preview of the picture whereas before before all the the technology all this app technology came out you had to go you preview the, the on-ride photo and then you have to go to a physical counter to purchase the photo otherwise you will not have that photo at all now you can go up to the photo and there's a little button that you scan your magic band on and now the magic the the photo is linked to your my disney experience app and it's linked to your particular account. And then depending on what, if you have a photo pass package or depending on what your annual pass is, you will always have that photo available to you. Yeah. Or you can get the preview and it has like the watermarks on it and you could just screenshot it with the watermarks and say that, you know, you have it. Yeah. <laughs> but a funny story that I heard about that type of, um, uh, uh, where you can have, and I think you don't even have to scan your magic band to be honest anymore. I think it actually just recognizes that you're there. But on Rock and Roller Coaster, right when you first shoot off, that's where the, the photo is. And apparently there was one gentleman's magic band account that for whatever reason was stuck on the on-ride photo. He ended up getting thousands of photos <laughs> of all of these people flying through this ride because for whatever reason it was like either he maybe it fell off and it was just right there next to where the sensor was but he ended up getting all these photos all these on-ride photos of other people that's pretty cool and it just flooded his app yeah yeah it's interesting yeah but i guess that's a, a glitch of some kind <laughs> yeah um another thing that's come about at disney recently is mobile ordering I feel like that has really, really changed the the whole Disney park day. Because you don't have to necessarily wait in a long line and then walk around with your tray looking for a table. It, it eliminates that hassle. Mm -hmm. And it really kind of makes it more convenient to actually sit down and enjoy your meal and kind of recuperate from the, or the first half of your day or whatever time of day it may be. Yeah, I feel like they're, they're real late on that though. Yeah. <laughs> like you think about like the... That started, what, last year? Yeah. I mean, pretty recently. Within mm. the last couple of years, for sure. I just feel like Disney usually being, like, I think we've talked about before, like, they're usually, like, on the forefront of, like, technology and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I feel like they're super late on the mobile ordering thing. Yeah. But. When did Uber Eats come out? I don't know. Okay. You can ask Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> Echo, when did Uber Eats start? Uber Eats was created in August 2014. Oh, jeez. Wow. So, <laughs> so they're a little bit late. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think Alexa would have known that. Well, she's very smart. Yeah. <laughs> she knows so much. Yeah. So mobile ordering, it really, for me, on my park day, it really determines what where we're going to eat. Because it's just so much more convenient to be able to say, okay, I'm going to sit down here. We're all just going to hang out. We're going to order from our phones while we're relaxing. And then we're going to wait until they say our order is ready. And then we just go pick it up. It really does change that hassle of having to do the whole line situation, you know, which, which especially during busier times can be super long. Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting in line at Satuli Canteen in Pandora 
and I, this was, I was, I was alone and I did not mobile order because I did not realize they had mobile order, <laughs> but Satuli Canteen is so delicious. So I decided it doesn't matter. And just waiting in a long weaving line, like that's almost like an attraction line. Cause it has like switched back and forth and back and forth. And then I just look at all the mobile order people, just walk up, walk away, walk up, walk away. <laughs> so you're just watching them like yeah, just, take care of all of it. Exactly. It was, it was a lot of FOMO. Um, so yeah, it really has made it, um, a lot less stressful. And something that I read online was that because of between magic bands, mobile ordering and all these kind of other technological conveniences that are coming about, what will actually happen is that it incentivizes Disney because these people are going to end up spending more money like in the long run, because Mm -hmm. they're going to have either more time to be able to browse for things, or they're going to be in a better mood because of the less stress that they're going to be able to, to kind of rationalize buying more stuff. Yeah. So interesting stuff. Another thing that was recently announced back in February was that voice assistants like Alexa are going to be coming into, uh, Disney resorts. Yeah. So they were piloting a program at the yacht club and it was, it wasn't personalized in any way. It was just going to be kind of a generic thing. I believe it was, you know, like you can ask Jiminy Cricket to turn on the lights you know, things like that. Something that was very nonspecific to like what, like, Oh, Richard, you, your information wasn't going to be on there. Your reservation information even wasn't going to be on there, but it was still kind of that assistant to be able to like, Oh, Alexa, play the beauty and the beast soundtrack, you know, things like that. You nor like there's, it would just be a normal Alexa. It's yeah. what it sounds like. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it shouldn't have your personal stuff on there anyway. Really? I mean that the amount of work that that would take on the back end to make, do is very difficult versus mm-hmm. you just set like one particular app for every room it's much easier to do do you think that they would link like okay john doe was staying in this room on the first through the fourth these are the things that they asked for specifically john doe and not just like taking data like oh this is what guests are asking for like oh tell me a reservation time for this restaurant or things like that now there, the I feel like there's two ways to answer that. Like one, I feel like they could do that eventually because the technology is there to do that. But the amount of back end work I think it would take to do that would be an extreme lift that I don't think that they would do, mm-hmm. at least in the near future. Yeah. But I do think that they would put it there for you to be able to like hear certain things or make contacts, but not not tie it back to a specific person and like an account because that could get really hard I think yeah I mean I'm sure they'll do it eventually but I feel like they have to balance to the use case like the fact that is are people going to like u- utilize this and we would actually see a return on the large investment that it would take to do this mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I see that right now right now yeah but I'm wondering how you would use I guess it just depends on <laughs> It depends on what the what the offerings would be, but how you would use an Alexa device in well, your Disney room or hotel well, room in general. Every hotel room is going to have one mm-hmm. eventually, mm-hmm. and it's going to be for the basic stuff like an alarm, alarm, wake yeah. up call, turn on off all lights, um, tell the tell them to send me up, um, you know, toothpaste, like rooms, everything room serve, everything that you would generally ask someone in the hotel for, 
they would that should be able to do it through the Alexa. And I'm pretty sure like now they're doing now it's through text. So like now when I've been traveling for work, I've everything's been through text. So they would text me like, hey, do you need anything? Like, or just like send us a text if you need something. Mm -hmm. So I'd say, oh, actually, I need like toothbrush or toothpaste. And I'd send them a text. You never told me that. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) Who's this on your phone? What's her name? Harriet. (laughs) Marriott. What are those things called? What is Alexa? No, no, no. I was thinking about like the hotel. I I, I blended um, like Hyatt with Marriott. Oh, Harriet. And I went Harriet. Who's Harriet? (laughs) (laughs) But like, who's Marriott? Who's Marriott? (laughs) Is she pretty? Yeah, why is she bringing you toothpaste? <laughs> is she, why is she bringing you toothpaste? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm thinking like also just having that, um, could, eliminating that, that a, literally a cast member has to pick up the phone. Hi, how can I help you? Is there anything else I can help you with? Like eliminating all that altogether is going to free up them to be able to enhance so many other guest experiences. So it's really going to, if this pilot does take off, it's really going to, in the long run benefit not just your room experience but I think as a resort hole wherever you might be staying yeah so very cool something that you really love is the projection mapping so where they show on the castle for instance that it's like a brick building that Ralph is is going to wreck and you can literally see the video of it playing on the castle that it's wrecking the castle down yeah, that was probably the coolest piece of technology I've seen at Disney. Yeah. I still don't know what it is. I still, I really don't understand it myself, other than the fact that they can literally mold whatever projections they have to match the physical architecture of whatever they happen to be mapping on. Yeah. And they do that at the Chinese Theater now, at Hollywood Studios. They do it on Cinderella Castle, obviously, um, during Happily Ever After. Just seeing it, and it, it just enhances the show that they're trying to do. Yeah. And I think, I feel like when they somehow be able to like fuse that with drones, which is coming. Yeah. That's going to be the wildest show ever. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not sure how do you, I don't even know how you, um, like get better after (laughs) that. Like, like the next step is literally like, you know, spraying feelings at you essentially. Like somehow like spraying, you know, smells at you and things like that. But like, in Which they already like, do, but not during yeah, but not like during the show. But like I'm suppose, just I'm thinking about like in terms of the, that experience, that type of show. Like there's no, like you're basically transforming the castle. It's staying the same castle, but you're turning it into like, you know, dynamically a whole nother structure essentially. And then if you add the drones to that, I mean, I'm not really sure what the next step is. Yeah. It's like you've reached maximum capacity. Like, cool. <laughs> On cool technology, yeah. <laughs> you're done. You can yeah. you can have a seat, sir. Thank you. Like. Or madam. <laughs> you know what, though? Here's something. Just um, keeping on projection mapping one more time. Disney weddings, they do projection mapping on cakes now. Like, if you have your wedding there, you can request projection mapping on your cake. Hmm. That sounds really expensive. Yeah. But it's an available feature, but it does sound quite expensive. But how cool is that? I feel like if we were to have a Disney wedding and we had an unlimited budget, that would be awesome. We could have, Richie loves Up, it's his new favorite thing. We already got married, so there's no point in projecting this. Uh, Well, (laughs) 
People have vow renewals. Just, uh, okay. Duh. Hello. So on our vow renewal, can you imagine if you had this cake and it was a beautiful crisp white cake, but they projected all this stuff from up and all the music would be piped in somehow via drone <laughs> right above. Every time you go to go to cut a slice and it's just like me, me, me. Okay. the soundtrack. Just an idea. Okay. Just putting that out there in 50 years when we do our vow renewal. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, something that we've talked about in the past is blockchain in Disney. Mm-hmm. And we did a whole episode on it, so we don't have to go into detail. But what's how can Disney use blockchain, Richie? Just review that briefly. So when we had initially talked about it, um, there was this thing, like we, there was an episode. Do you remember the name of the episode or which episode it was? Yes. It was episode 37, Blockchain and Disney. Okay. So if you go to that episode, you hear like just me talking about random ideas about how I think blockchain could be used at Disney. Um, one of them being around, um, which, you know, we just, we actually just spoke about transactions and transactions are costly and they're difficult to do um, in the current way with like fiat and stuff. But if you, if you use blockchain, it's actually cheaper, quicker. Um, instant access to funds and things like that. So transactions is like one way that you can like Disney could use it. Another way I had talked about was like tradables. So like on blockchain, there's like the first type of thing that um, that came about where you can create like a digital um, tradable. It's called Crypto Kitties. And I basically thought about how like, you know, you look at the trading pin culture of disney and how that could be put on a blockchain essentially where no one person could have the same pin or but i I called it a disbit at the time Mm -hmm. like no one person and you can just create whatever it is that whether it be an animal or a pin or whatever that's another way to do it but um disney had this thing called dragon chain but it it it, it, the dragon chain was created at a disney incubator but it wasn't it, it wasn't technically something that like Disney created so like they can actually use like for Disney stuff to my knowledge. It mm-hmm. was more so like Disney was just sponsoring like incubators and, you know, like trying to be innovative and stuff as they do. And one of the things that came about was Dragon Chain. And Dragon Chain is basically like a it's a it's a blockchain technology, but it's like a it's like a platform using blockchain. And, you know, I would definitely recommend go listen to that episode because it, I kind of break down kind of the basics of like, I guess, trying to explain what blockchain was and like how Bitcoin kind of comes into play and how it was just like a preview of what or it is like a preview of what real blockchain technology is going to be for the future. Um, but Dragon Chain is essentially like a platform that's on blockchain that people can go and create different apps for and do businesses and games and transactions and stuff. It's really complicated stuff. I know. Well, but I know because I just don't understand it at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I'm not an it, expert at all, by the way. Like, there's I'm not nowhere near an expert in blockchain technologies. I'm, I've just been trying to stay on top of what I can as a general human because I feel like it's going to take over everything that we do, whether we see it like on the face of it or not. Like, it's going to be the back end infrastructure of everything that we do mm-hmm. probably in the future. Yeah. And there were conspiracy theories that came out too that Richie oh was God. was a part of this somehow. Yeah, I got <laughs> like and I, I mentioned this too, not too long ago. But after that Disbit conversation, so Dragon Chain has a community of you know people that are fo- like every sort of blockchain technology has usually a community around it 
that is like passionate about that particular type of blockchain. So Dragon Chain has its own community of people. And there's like a, there's an app called Telegram where it's like a chat community essentially. And there's different groups and it's kind of like Facebook, but mm -hmm. just all through text, like kind of like WhatsApp, Facebook, um, all through text. And there's a Dragon Chain group on Telegram. And in that group, literally they talked about the wall daily and how like <laughs> they, they felt that they thought that we were being paid by Disney to plug in Disbits as a potential, like, as like a product launch that's going to happen at some point. I and, wish. And they thought that we were like, <laughs> there was a, some conspiracy that we were like, like mentioning it, you know, out of nowhere with like this quote unquote, no knowledge of anything. And we just throw out this new product that's coming. So there was this whole conspiracy about how Disbits are going to become a thing. And Disney was going to be making pins on Dragon Chain. <laughs> <laughs> And I had to go in there and be like, guys, I one, I don't get paid by Disney. We're, we're not like, you know, we don't have any sort of formal affiliation with Disney or anything like that. And they didn't pay me to, you know, like conspire to like talk about a new product that may or may not be coming out. Yeah. So that was funny. That was funny. But we're still not getting paid by Disney. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, anywho. Okay. Let's move on. So another thing that I just want to briefly mention is, and I only am mentioning this because I've heard Richie talk about it, is augmented reality and virtual reality. And virtual reality for me is still those face sets that are from 1995 and that all the cool kids had. But other than that, I really don't know much in the way about it. But it, it probably will in some level arrive at Disney in the future because of just the guest experience that it could could enhance. So what's the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality? Yeah. So so the so AR VR, so virtual reality, augmented reality. The difference is is you think about the classic headsets that you have and you put it on, the only thing that you can see is a screen. Like just because it's completely enclosed and encased um, in your in your eyes that whole experience, the whole thing is, is completely made up like that, that particular screen. And that's virtual reality. Augmented reality is when you have your phone or a screen that is still pointing, like you can, you can wear a mask, like you can wear glasses that can foster augmented reality, but you're still seeing the real world. But like the, the best thing that I could think about with, with augmented reality is like Pokemon go. Mm-hmm. So like Pokemon Go, like you're still like out in like you're still seeing the world and like you can potentially still kind of see the world through your camera. But like a Pikachu would be right there in the corner. Well, there's kind of something similar happening at Disney right now where it's the Disney Play app where depending on what area of the park you're in, you have things that, that you can interact with that you wouldn't necessarily interact with if you weren't in that area of the and, park. And that's normally like, aug that's normally augmented reality. Mm -hmm. So like another, and, and a lot of times like it's not like super clear cut, but you also would think about like virtual reality is usually something that you would sit at home and put on a headset to do. Mm -hmm. And then you would be able to do, you know, be virtually anywhere like from one particular location. Yeah. But anytime you're like going somewhere or doing something physical, like where like there's like, it involves like the area that you're in or like there's a mesh between like, you know, um, things that were developed and designed through animations with the real world, that's usually augmented reality. 
So it's like fusing the two versus like virtuals. Like there's just, there's nothing except that one virtual experience mm -hmm. like through the headset. So. Well, and the, the AR experience with the play app is supposed to be on kind of a next level with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which I just re which opened up just over a week ago um, at Disneyland. It's supposed to be something that really enhances the the experience of being there, putting you more into what the story of that land is supposed to be all about and what you're supposed to take away from it. So the future is here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, mm -hmm. it's crazy to think about like Pokemon Go. I think people are still playing it now. I think it's still a big thing, but Pokemon Go is like a like a preview of how everything's going to be. Mm -hmm. Like it's like it, it almost I could almost dare to say like it's early. Like it was like the early of its t of its kind because everything that we do is going to be like augmented reality. And I think at some point it's going to be like, you know, in your in our glasses, people that wear glasses or like it's going to be in your contact lens that everything that you look around and you go to like a particular experience to do something, there's going to be some form of augmented reality involved to like keep you engaged, um, you know, with technology and like the area that you're in. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that like the entire Disney is going to be mapped to some form of augmented reality at some point yeah. in the future. I totally agree. So. Which I'm scared of because I still, I miss my VHS. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. You could say that the Walt Daily's pretty technology ad advanced. We have our briefing. We have our website. We are on all social media platforms. Yes. We're on Alexa. We're, pro we're one of the top, like, first Alexa briefings in, in the world. Not the first, but like just up there. Like if you look at like first 100, like I think we're in that list. Really? I think so. Oh, I don't think I've ever known where to check. Yeah, well you just go, like if you search the Walt, if you search Alexa briefings and you search Disney, there might not even be a hundred of them. Yeah. So I guess we are pretty early. So, yeah. Well. Te technologically advanced. Yeah. On that note, everybody out there, you also can be early by listening to our briefing, which is not only available on Alexa, but also iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, all of that stuff. Yes. Anchor. Anchor and Anchor. Yes. Anchor.fm. And Richie, anything else to add? No. Connect with us on your favorite social media platforms and thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate it. Hope you guys got something out of this. Hope you guys have a very magical day and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.